Hello and welcome to today's episode of Dr. Simone's Mindspace. I'm your host, clinical psychologist, researcher and entrepreneur, Dr. Simone Schwank. Today I'm going to talk to you live from Zurich and the topic of today is what makes a relationship successful. What makes a relationship successful, I think, is something that um, not only one in a million, but like all of us really are thinking about probably most of our everyday lives because it's something that we have from our very first day of life. We have a relationship with our parents and that relationship is actually a relationship that is very, very influential when it comes to building a sense of trust in other people and a sense of self. So having a secure attachment, as maybe some of you know, um, who have read um, developmental psychology, is a way of describing people's early relationships. And in my research and also in my clinical work, I really emphasize on the importance of the early years of life. It's our fundament, it's our building block, like building a house on sand versus building on a solid ground. It doesn't matter how great and beautiful the house is. If you build it on sand, it will never last. It will be blown away by the first little storm or even the first little wind. But if it's built on solid grounds, it can sustain an earthquake and heavy storm and will still remain on its place. And that is how we can consider our early relationships to be like. If they're solid and secure and stable, they will build a fundament for the rest of our life. That doesn't mean if we did not have the best of relationships in our early years, that it will not be, we will not be able to maintain a successful relationship later in life or that we will be screwed up for the rest of our lives. No, it just means that we need some extra time and be very mindful and attentive to actually work through certain parts of us that maybe have to do with trust, trust in others, trust in ourselves, and that we will be also t sharing those issues we may have um, with our partners. Living in a multinational couple's life has been what I've been doing throughout my life, actually. I had some really difficult, um, really challenging encounters with people that I have been together with that have shaped me negatively during a long period of time. However, I've been able to overcome it and actually break up and move on and um, also, very, very importantly, process what has been going on in my relationship that has been kind of traumatizing and been able to process it with a professor from Columbia University and really working through different aspects of that relationship and better understand what has been happening in order not to bring that backpack to the next relationship. 
Of course, we cannot completely erase our past and it's also not necessary to erase our past. But we can learn from it. We can learn from our mistakes or learn from our challenges and actually do use that knowledge in a new relationship. It's like when we do work or go to school when we fail and it's a I'm Swiss so obviously we're having a hard time of failing and um, me talking about that is maybe not the most genuine thing to do because obviously I have a lot of issues of failing as I'm constantly trying to do my best and try not to fail even though I know that failing is so important in order to learn And here I'm saying, and I'm being vulnerable towards all of you, to share that failing is actually really helpful because we learn from these mistakes. And the most important in relationships is that we're able to say I'm sorry and prepare the difficulties, the challenges we have, and be able to move on from there and not being stuck and feeling, feeling like, We're not there to say I'm sorry and therefore and acknowledge that we made a mistake and therefore actually maintain in a very unhealthy situation with a partner, with a child, with a parent, with a colleague, with a with a boss, where we do not dare to admit that we made a mistake. So saying this, it's really, really important to be able to share with each other and and sort of give your inner vulnerable self to the other and express like hey this was not a good part and there I was defensive or there I I crossed the line and I'm sorry for it it's so much more important if you go to a restaurant and the dinner is served and the food is cold and you say like I'm sorry but this is really cold and they say like oh well it's supposed to be like that you're like what but if they're I'm so sorry let me just get get uh, you a new plate and um, come back and in the in the end they give you an extra dessert or something to compensate you're going to be more than happy to go back to this place but if they sort of submiss or not really acknowledge the fact that you've been having a difficult time, then you have to exaggerate or you probably will never go back there and complain to colleagues and friends, although this restaurant is really not having a good service. The same thing goes for relationships. We don't want to tell somebody again if they and open up and be vulnerable if they submit us and they ignore us or they act defensive. So bear that in mind when talking to other people about sharing from the you perspective. I feel like that. Use the I word. It's very helpful when it comes to relationships. And I see so many couples and families where the couple had a really good time when they were just the two of them in their early years of life. They were traveling together. They were exploring the world. And then... After some years together, they become more like roommates. And that's just a killer for every sexual relationship in a couple. If you become like roommates, why do you, would you want to have sex with your roommate? Of course not. 
But that's why it's so important to maintain some spark and some spontaneity in your daily life where there is room for, for this seduction, where there is room for sexual desire, not just for the man. It's so, so important for all the men out there. If the woman is not turned on, the sex will not be pleasurable. It's maybe a sense of release for him, but it's definitely not pleasurable for the woman. And it really, really should be the main focus of a guy. If you're wondering why is my wife never interested in having sex? Well, she's maybe not interested in the sex you want. She's more interested in a sexual life where there is room for seduction, where there is time to be attentive just to her. The more you actually provide some sexual pleasure to the woman, the more you get out of your sex life as a guy too. It really is like that. The more you give her freedom, space for herself in the relationship, the better sex life you will have. Maybe you hire a nanny or hire a babysitter for an evening and surprise her with some time first for herself. Where, where, meanwhile, you're the guy who's cooking dinner. I promise you there will be better sexual evenings and excitement in your relationship. But it's quintessential to provide for women the space to feel the desire to feel being desired before you have sex, not just be the tool for the guy to release and have a good time. That's a very one-sided situation and one that women definitely do not find pleasurable. So I really hope that this very straightforward message comes across. It's so important to take out couples time where it really is the focus on just the couple not the emails not the kids not the plan for next week not the work schedule it's really just couples time and as sad as it sounds but put it in your calendar and commit to it commit to it on a weekly basis commit to once a week you have just the two of you, a candlelight dinner. And that goes for families. That goes also for couples that are just the two of them working really hard or have a distant relationship. It doesn't matter. You take out time for the two of you together. My husband and I recently started a 10-minute yoga every evening before dinner. And we do that whether we're together or apart. It became a routine of time we spent together being very in the moment. We do not talk, we just do yoga. And after that, it's time for talking or before it's time for talking. After that, it's usually time to have dinner together. Another aspect that I find very important to spend some quality time together, be it dinner, be it lunch, be it breakfast, be it afternoons coffee or tea, but spend a quality time off screen together, very fully present with your partner. 
because that little time, may it only be five minutes, is really, really helpful to maintain a sense of connection and intimacy with your partner that is not your roommate. Living with a person that you feel like is your soulmate that I have the great pleasure to be with after going through really, really difficult hardship times, I feel like I went from hell to heaven. And as I mentioned before, this fear of failing or the failures I've felt I've done in the past and not wanted to, con to redo, these, these relationships I had in the past are actually really helpful to even more highlight how amazing the current relationship I have is because they've learned me things of how I do not want to live. And being in a relationship where things are the way I want them to be make it so much more appreciative. For example, the fact that my husband is the cook in our family. He loves to cook. He's an amazing chef. He cooks Asian and French and Italian and Japanese and any cuisine you want, molecular cuisine, he, he will do it. He's passionately with it and shows his love and dedication to me by sharing with me the food he's cooked. And it's this way of showing each other appreciation and time spent, thoughts spent on the other that are so crucial to keep a relationship and the flame burning over years. I've been living with my husband now for over five years. And I can say with 100% being convinced that I feel like as if we just recently met. At the same time, there is a sense of familiarity with this person and trust and intimacy and ability to be vulnerable and a person to lean on to no matter how difficult the situation is. There's always somebody to lean back onto, which is my soulmate and my husband and partner. I really hope that this has been inspiring to a lot of you to listen to and maybe try and really use small steps five minutes of coffee time or yoga or running or reading a book together, listening to music together, whatever it may be, just spend time with each other and be fully present in it. To be treating your partner not as a roommate, but actually the love of your life. Thank you very much for listening. I'm always happy to get feedback from you. And do not hesitate to reach out. And I'm obviously also very happy if you leave a review. So take good care and talk to you soon. Bye.